Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome back to Training Well Done. I'm your host, Coach Donald, and we're here to learn about the what, the why, the how of quality training, okay? So make sure while you're at it, you like the podcast, you subscribe to it, and you send this to a friend. We're going to spend some time talking about uh, patellar tendonitis um, and issues with knee pain and how we can work on that. So this week, I had a good week of running. Um, I unfortunately uh, had to sub in uh, and do some cross-country coaching, and I took that as an opportunity to, A, really challenge these kids, and I got some miles in myself. And, you know, it is something that I realized a long time ago, but yet I feel like I still get reminded of, is the light and wonderful feeling that comes along after a run. Like, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday were great examples of this. Tuesday, it did like six miles, and I felt great the rest of the evening. Wednesday, I did not feel too good. I kind of worked a little bit long, kind of felt sluggish, and it was just kind of a fight to get through. Thursday, kind of started to have that feeling, but then we had practice, so I did another six miles, and I mean, I was on 10 the rest of the evening. I was in my evening coaching session, like really, really hype. And I generally bring a lot of good energy pretty much every session when I coach. It is what I do. But I do notice even in that there's a difference to sessions that I coach after I just ran versus sessions where I didn't work out at all that day. So I think that's, you know, interesting. And these are things that there are lessons in life that we've known for years, but it just seems like they hit differently at different stages of our life and development or just different moments. It might not even be that deep for real. And so, you know, I'm like, should I try to go on a streak to run as many days as possible? But being um, a young male and there was a, there was a uh, joke that I saw on Facebook earlier, and it was like, I don't understand how guys could live like this. And basically, it was a picture of what is a really nice condo, by the way. But that aside, it was a flat screen TV and one of those foldable picnic chairs. And it was basically someone saying, I don't know how guys can just live like this. And I'm like, yo, I would live that way if it wasn't for the fact that uh, a friend of mine and, and an ex-member of the gym here who moved away, she gave me a lot of furniture. So half of my furniture came from her. And then another half of my furniture came from a roommate of mine who I lived with before who actually did not subscribe to that at all. Like my man's crib was decked out. When I moved into the extra bedroom, my, it was homey. He already had a homey feel. So he sold me his furniture for the low low when he moved, and so that's how I have furniture. So my place actually does look cozy, but I still haven't adopted that mindset all the way. So I'm like, if I were to run a mile every day, or run you know X amount of miles, I'm like, bro, that's a lot of laundry I'd have to do every week. I'd probably have to do laundry almost every six to eight days now, or like five days, or I'd have to go buy more clothes and if you know anything about me i don't want to do neither one of those i don't want to shop definitely not for clothes and i hate doing laundry 
Like, ugh. So, um, I was having a conversation about, you know, this whole aspect of running a lot more with one of my athletes last night well, who came into the gym. And she actually is somebody who has battled with a lot of patellar tendonitis um, in her knees. And so we've spent quite a bit of time working on that. And I am really happy to say that she's racing tomorrow. By the time you hear this podcast, she will already have been done. So we'll give an update later on. And she left a really good word about, you know, this is our senior year. And for the first time, really feeling prepared to race. Um, she's had a really long off season. We didn't have track in the spring because of COVID. And she did do cross country her junior year last fall, but it was hastened. I mean, she did well and we got through it, but it was hastened. Like we started working together that July or August before cross country and, you know, did what we had to do to make sure she could compete, but she wasn't like at her previous level. But now she's close to PRs and they only had like a scrimmage uh, recently. So I'm excited for that. But that's been a process for the better part of a year. And that is when she came to see me. She'd already been in PT about it for months leading up to that. And so what is, you know, patellar tendonitis? So the last episode, we talked about, you know, running injuries. Now, this, we're going to talk about a particular type of injuries um, and what we can do about it. So your patella is the when you sit down in your kneecap, it's your kneecap. I don't need to describe it. It's your kneecap. If you're listening to this podcast, you know what your kneecap is. The scientific name for it is your patella, right? And as we talked about before, tendons connect muscles to bones. Ligaments connect bones to bones. You are going to hear me talk about the patellar tendon a lot. And I need to make it very clear that I'm actually talking about the patellar ligament because the patellar ligament connects the patella to your tibia, which is technically bone to bone, but your quadriceps tendon connects the quads to the patella, and there's a general flow of calling all of that the same tendon, because it's all this big mass of fascia tissue. So what often you feel with that is a lot of knee pain in the front of your knee. So you will feel pain towards the top of that kneecap or the bottom of that kneecap. Usually you won't feel pain on the kneecap unless you have like blunt trauma, aka you hit it. But you usually will feel the pain directly above or directly below the kneecap. And that will often be some dull, achy pain, uh, not often sharp. And when we talk about having tendonitis, it is uh, generally an inflammation of a tendon. It's inflamed. And so when you're putting too much load on it, it gets irritated and you feel it. It causes pain. And so what happens with runners is running at certain speeds or running for certain amounts of volume will cause pain in there because the load bearing capacity we talked about in our last episode, your tendons can only handle but so much load. I like to use the analogy of a dump truck a lot. And when you have tendonitis, often your dump truck is very small. And so it doesn't take a whole lot of stress to then cause that, cause that joint to become inflamed and irritated. And so what you need to do 
And being able to recover from that is to then build up the load bearing capacity, build up a bigger dump truck there so that it takes more stress to cause a problem to the point where none of the stress that you actually would normally put on it causes a problem. So to recap real quick, you have pain in the front of your knee, above or below the kneecap. I can't diagnose that for you. You, should, you need to see a doctor or a physical therapist or orthopedic. But if it, done, if it turns out to be patellar tendonitis, then it is, it is inflammation of the tendon uh, that goes from the quadriceps down to the top of your tibia. Now, there's something very important to also know about these kind of uh, tissue injuries. And sometimes you can have a simple small tear that can actually be healed if it's very acute and not further irritated. So sometimes you might have just a very small issue that your body can actually recover from. Tendons, they don't receive a lot of blood. And so if they do heal, they heal very slowly and it does depend on where it happens. And so the other part of this is if you irritate it, you tear something and you don't go through the proper ability to um, recover from that so you don't properly rebuild the tissue quality or you just keep you know pounding on it and so it gets worse these small acute uh, tears can then turn into bigger ones that are more long-term and then you get the creation of scar tissue and so scar tissue is tissue that goes to fill the void of where the tear was but that tissue doesn't contract so remember we talked about muscles when they contract like this you know a bunch of fibers get shorter to be able to move bone to bone you know a bone from close the angle of that joint and so when there's scar tissue there it doesn't really contract and on the other hand it also doesn't actually handle the shock and force of you landing very well. So if you have a bunch of scar tissue in the tendons of your knees, when you take a step, the shock absorption of your knee is actually now limited because the scar tissue doesn't handle that. It's just literally there so that there's not a hole in your tendon, but it functionally is a hole in your tendon. And so it takes a lot of strength to be able to build around that. And so your rehab process from that is literally trying to get the muscles around that joint so strong and the tendons around that joint to be so strong that it takes a lot of stress for that hole to expose you, right? So it's if you think about a basketball team or like a football team, the scar tissue is like that one player who really, really sucks. But your team is too small, and so you don't have a backup. And so now you have to make your team so, so good so that you don't get exposed because of how bad that player is. Or this is, you know, think about a, a, a football team. And you have this rookie quarterback who came in as a backup. The main starter got hurt, so you got this backup rookie quarterback in. Now you're trying to make your running back so good that you can keep handing your running back the ball. You're trying to make your offensive line so prepared so that the quarterback has more time. You need your receivers to run really good routes and get very open so that this rookie quarterback 
can make the right throws because your main quarterback might have been able to fit those little tough throws in there, but you're trying to build your team around that. So that is a way to look at it, okay? You have the scar tissue in your training process and rehab is to get your body to be in such a way that that doesn't affect you when you actually play your sport. Now, one thing that I also mentioned in the last podcast, just because you're cleared from PT does not necessarily always mean that you are prepared to play and train at a high level. It means that you're you don't need to be in that medical oversight, and it means that you can go back to start to do sport activities, but doing a sport activity doesn't mean competing at a very high level. And so you still need to further take care of that, and that's something that can take a long time. You know, these kind of injuries, if it's a very acute and small thing, it could be resolved in weeks and a few months, but if it's a chronic issue and chronic tendonitis issues have scar tissue and scar tissue doesn't go away so those issues have you know scar tissue that's going to be with you for years decades and so now you might take months and even years to be able to overcome that um said kid who i'm working with she is getting closer and closer to being able to run back to her top peak after having not been there for a couple years and we spent many months you know working on that and you know part of that training process was figuring out where do plyometrics fit in that and having to even find that we have to stick with like ankle dominant plyometrics because doing some you know long uh stretch shortening cycle plyos can work fine but doing things that require a lot of hard impact and recoil she still can't handle the shock wave of that. And so like tuck jumps, bounding, can only do a little bit, but even that little bit's really not worth it because it still can't handle that. And this is her years later and about to be back at her best. So training, what do you need to do then to be able to improve the resiliency of that tissue? As you hopefully predicted, I was going to say, Build the dump truck. You want to go from the little Tonka truck to having an 18-wheeler, right? You need to be able to improve the load-bearing ability of your knees, of your quadriceps tendon, of your patellar ligament. And so how you do that is really working on these quads. So the stronger your quads are, the more tension that you can put there. And there's a full scope and variety of exercises that you can do. When you are really close to the injury, I'm a very big proponent of the called TKEs, terminal knee extensions, um, to really work on contraction in the lower part of the quad. Sled drags are also great for eccentric work as well as doing wall sits and split squat holds and eccentric split squats and eccentric squats. So isometric, eccentric, what do those mean? Isometric, those are exercises where you are holding a position. You are putting an isometric contraction, which means that the, we talked about your muscle fibers, when they contract, they get smaller because they need to pull the joint closed. So if you look at my biceps, 
when, my, when I'm flexing my biceps, all those muscle fibers are getting shorter. When you do an isometric contraction, they don't get shorter. They just create tension. So it's like an arm wrestling competition. If you look at two people arm wrestling, you can see they're flexing and they're working really hard, but their arms are not really moving if they're of equal strength. That's an isometric contraction. Those are really good for helping the fibers that make up your tendons to be able to handle lines of stress better and can improve your status of um, you know, your the status of your injury over time. And it also has a very acute effect to being able to allow you to train better in the moment. I often will start sessions with isometrics, especially people who have different pains, because it actually helps get the joint more pliable and willing to do the other exercises that are, might be more aggressive that they wouldn't have been able to do if they simply just came in and stretched. On the other hand, eccentrics are exercises to where you are engaging in a lot of force through the very hard part of the movement of like going down into a squat, right? That is when you are getting to the bottom of a movement. So if you're bench pressing, it's when the weight's coming down on your chest, when you're going down in a squat, that's called an eccentric, and you can focus on doing those very slowly. In a rehab sense, you might use light weight to be able to do that. Heavy weights force you to be able to do that, but if you're not prepared to handle heavy weights, then you have another problem. So you can take a weight that would be somewhat challenging, but you increase the time under tension of that. And so that's really the essence of both of those. Tendons respond well to time under tension when it comes to rehab. So when you think about doing three sets of 10 on a squat, boom, 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 you do your three sets of 10, you might be done in 15 seconds tops. Now, if we put a three second isometric on there, a three second eccentric on there, it could take you anywhere from 40 to 50 seconds to do the exercise. And so you've actually now 3X'd how much stress that muscle and tendon are going to go through so that you can create an adaptation to it. And so that's a big part of the rehab protocol. Um, the other part of this is when you're actually running, it is slowly building up the miles. Whenever you and I have an injury like this, it's like, bruh, I go and run for 25 minutes and now I have pain. So what you need to do is start building up your mileage. So that might be you went from running 35 miles a week, killing the game, killing the game, 35 miles a week, to now if you run, if you go on a six mile run, you might have pain. If you go on a three mile run, it might hurt. And so now you have to scale back and slowly build up those miles. So that might mean you're running 12 miles a week for a couple weeks and you build it up to 13, 14, 15. As a sprinter, that might mean you are not able to go and do eight 200s. You might have to do, you know, a sprint the straight, walk the curve type of workout. You might need to do some slower running. And so that is a big part of this is being able to take your volume down to less because you don't want to actually irritate it and then slowly build it up as you feel good. So there's discomfort that is involved in the rehab process, but you don't want to keep re-injuring it. So you want to stay below the threshold and keep pushing yourself week to week, 
month to month with a little bit more intensity uh, or a little bit more volume at times to be able to slowly bring yourself back to normal as, again, that load-bearing capacity builds up. So um, that is something to think about. You cannot just hop in to what you were doing. If you were recently able to do, you know, a workout with five 400s at like 95% of your personal best and, you know, go like seven minutes rest, and when those really high intense workouts, you're doing some special endurance 250s uh, to prepare for your, you know, trying to crack the new PR in a 200. If you suffer an injury like that and it becomes something that kind of nags with you for months, as you are clear to get back to running, you can't go back to that kind of work. You have to build it back up very slowly in regards to how fast you're going to run and how much volume you have. Because remember, the speed at which you're going at is also stress. It's also load, all right? Because it's more force that the joint has to deal with. When you jog, I'm just going a nice little easy jog on a Sunday morning, your body's not dealing with as much force as it's the state championship four by one and you got to run anchor leg. That's a whole different ballpark of force. And so you have to actually have your joints be ready for that. Also, the last part of your training is also the plyometric component. And so as you are getting to the performance end of this and being able to really push yourself on the performance end training-wise, you start getting into more intense plyometrics. Now, you're able to do ankle-bound plyometrics, things like ankle jumps or straight leg bounds. You're able to do a lot of that early on in your rehab process, but things that require you to have a lot of bend at the knee and very quick explosion, that stuff takes time to build on. And you can do things like squat jumps earlier on. They're slower in contact. You get a lot deeper into it. And the thing is, a squat jump is a very, still a very muscular movement versus like a tuck jump, which if for those of you who are not familiar with tuck jumps, imagine standing up and you're lifting your knees up to, up to like hip height. And then as soon as your feet hit the ground, you're bouncing right back in the air. So it's the equivalent of trying to bounce like a lacrosse ball. As soon as your feet hit the ground, your legs come right back up. It's a very explosive jump that is not a whole lot of muscle involved to the, the, the ratio of how much of a tendon spring it is versus a muscle force. In comparison to a squat jump, it's far more of a tendon spring type of exercise. And that puts a lot of force through there very fast. And that is something that it takes a lot more time to get yourself ready to. And there's a very big difference between doing medicine ball throws and squat jumps versus doing hurdle hops. So that is something that as you recover, you know, months down the line, you start building that back into your program, okay? So I hope that helps you out. We're going to kind of give you a quick recap here. So when it comes to knee pain um, in, your, in the anterior part of your knee, the front of your knee, often one of the culprits is patellar tendonitis. And that is when you have inflammations to the top of your kneecap or the bottom, the below your kneecap. So it's, that, it's where your quadriceps attaches to the top of your kneecap or from where the bottom of your kneecap attaches to your tibia, the bone the lower leg bone. And so when that's inflamed and irritated, that 
lowers your load-bearing capacity. So it takes less running work, less jumping work to irritate it, less speed work to irritate it. Um, and that over time, if it's an acute issue, it can actually heal from some rest and just going a little bit less intense. It might actually heal back to normal. But if it's something that goes on for weeks and months, then you have a chronic issue, you have scar tissue in there. Scar tissue does not handle the shock of the force from when you step on the ground very well compared to like, you know, your regular tendon tissue or your regular muscle tissue, nor does it really contract to be that useful. So your training is really about building up the strength of your of your muscles around it, your quads, your hamstrings, even your lower leg muscles, all of these muscles or glutes have to be strong enough to overcome the scar tissue because it is functionally a hole in your tendon. It literally is there so that you don't have a hole there, but functionally it's as useful as a hole. And so you need to train to be strong enough to overcome that. And so the ways you do that, strength training, your split squats, your squats, your lunges, your deadlifts, these things will help a lot. Sled drags, TKEs, sissy squats, there's a lot of different exercises that work on improving the pliability of you know, that joint as well as the strength in the muscles around it, all right? Doing your isometrics and your eccentrics, and so that's also building up the volume of your running very slowly, building up the speed of your running very slowly, doing plyometrics, but building up the intensity of those plyometrics very slowly over the course of however many months this can take. Because remember, you might have been in PT for six weeks or eight weeks, but just because you're out doesn't mean you're ready to be back to the top of your performance. So, boom, hope that helps you out. Hope you got some good advice in there. If you have more questions, make sure you drop me a line online. I am Donald at ghperformance.com. I also now have an email for this, trainingwelldone at gmail.com. So you can drop a line, boom, right there on Instagram. So I have a social media account now for this. Training well done. It's training underscore well. I'm, I'm stupid. Training underscore well underscore done on Instagram. Uh, still Coach Donald on YouTube, so make sure you are there to check it out. Like, subscribe, and share with your peoples, man. I am looking forward to getting some runs in myself this week. I have a long list of things in my email, but there are some runs in there, some races that I am looking forward to getting into. I had some meniscus issues, actually. Um, I actually tore my meniscus uh, lightly a few years ago, and I didn't like get it cleaned out. And so I have this weird thing that when I sleep sideways with my leg straight, or if I let my leg just stay straight too long, it like gets real stiff, and then it feels like my meniscus catches. And the only thing that really seems to make it go away is strength training and then doing some running. But it's like, if I actually try to rest on it, it just gets worse. Um, so make sure just because you're hurt doesn't mean you should stop doing anything. Um, shout out to all my kids who are running this weekend. A lot of my high schoolers have an invitational that they're gonna go to tomorrow. It'll be well before you've heard this podcast. 
and then a group of kids from, uh, shout out to River City Elite uh, Track Club. I've been a part of this track club for like 10 years. I ran there for a couple years in high school. I've been able to coach there for the last eight years. And they are doing their first cross country meet uh, this Sunday. So shout out to them. Shout out to everybody who did the great race. Uh, I hope you train well, take care of your body, and see you on the other side. Peace out. We got some new episodes coming up down the pipeline about how to better take care of your body, about some of the injuries you got going on. Stay well.